Hi, I'm Pawi, and you're listening to Rappler Podcasts. This is Hustle Inside the Industry, where we talk to professionals and find out how they got here, why they do what they're doing, and what it takes to do it. As always, this is Pawi. And I'm Tristan. We are part of Rappler's Hustle team. Tristan, we're, food. we're yeah. on yet another food binge. Everyone, you're in for a treat because today we have the minds behind Yang Gang, Korean Fried Chicken, if you heard of them, or Chow Time, or Dot Coffee over there. But these brands and many more are all part of the delivery-only food startup known as Mad Eats. That's right. We're talking about cloud kitchens today. If you've heard of that, it's been one of the biggest buzzwords, at least in my social circles during this pandemic. And this cloud kitchen just came out of renowned startup accelerator, Y Combinator. But to tell us more about the cloud kitchen startup scape, we have Mikey Villarreal, Keisha Lau, and Andy Cruz, the founders of Mad Eats. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Hello, everybody. Guys. Hello. <laughs> like you're a cloud kitchen. So maybe you can define what cloud kitchens are. What separates mm-hmm. it from like ghost kitchens? First of all, a cloud kitchen is actually a company that started this whole dark ghost kitchen type of business model. Um, a cloud kitchen is actually by Travis Kalanick. He used to be an Uber. Um, and it's they're all the same, essentially. Dark kitchen, ghost kitchen, cloud kitchen. But you know how Filipinos say Xerox and it's actually photocopy. It's essentially the same thing. <laughs> but um, I won't geek out too much on like what a ghost kitchen, cloud kitchen, dark kitchen is. But essentially, um, it's just a kitchen. Nobody needs to know where you are. There's no storefront. Usually meals are sold digitally. Um, there are no waiters, no dining areas. It's just food concepts that are being made there and they're out there for, for delivery, basically. Now, there are like uh, different types of ghost kitchen business models, particularly Mad Eats, where we focused on creating food concepts in-house that are really meant for delivery. Um, and, you know, like nobody knows exactly where our kitchen is. I guess like that's the most exciting part. And we just deliver it to you in the best way possible. I think especially for those who um, have similar ambitions as you, uh, many are under a certain uh, preconception that you need a certain amount of equipment or a certain setup, no matter what industry. And uh, lo and behold, we have you, who has literally started all this uh, from your own kitchen. Let's take it all the way back. Uh, For each of you, we want to get to know each of you more as people. Could you quickly tell us about your professional stories, your your backgrounds prior to all of this, and how eventually the three of you came together and found founded Mad Eats. Because I basically kind of convinced Keisha and Andy to come join in this crazy journey. Uh, but we were all working together in a food group. And um, fresh out of college, we were just asked to do a lot of crazy things that we weren't really naturally trained for. Um, manage food brands. Um, I particularly had to open a lot of stores myself um, together with the operations team and everything. I even slept in construction sites, stayed up there till four in the morning, painted walls. Um, but I just essentially super, super loved food. My my background talaga is um, uh, brand marketing business. And at first, like I didn't want to do marketing for 
you know, FMCG products. I wanted to really do marketing and branding for experiential things. And what's more experiential than food? So I really jumped into F&B, Kagad. I, I did like a few stints in agency. Um, and like, you know, when you're working in an F&B company, you're really an entrepreneur yourself because you're really doing everything from scratch. You have to figure everything out yourself. And in this, in this particular traditional F&B company, like we, uh, in any F&B company, you're really trained to focus on trying to make better dining experiences, you know, the best dining experiences. And it's super freaking great to see people eat like a big, fat, juicy burger, especially like, you know, if you've conceptualized also some parts of the menu. During the pandemic, a lot of things have changed in the F&B scene. Um, and then I just thought of this idea. I was like, Shut, I really wanted to create like better delivery experiences and what better way to do that than use a ghost kitchen. So I've been working with Andy and Keisha for mm. like the past four years in uh, several food concepts. And like they were the first people that like, I thought of when I first thought of this idea. I pitched them an ugly pitch deck. It was so ugly. I didn't flesh it out. I was just like, Andy, I have this idea. And Andy was like, Chat game. <laughs> you know what? Let's do it. Like, whatever. Fuck it. Let's do it. Um, it's something that we're really interested in. So, yeah, you can continue, Mikey. So, um, like, when we share, you'll notice that we all have very similar backgrounds. But straight out of college, I joined the food and beverage industry as well. Um, specifically, I've had experience in brand, digital marketing, and content. Um, my first job, I worked for a fast casual restaurant group where I was given the privilege of launching a brand, which was one of the most fun things I've ever done in my whole life. Um, and then I moved to another food and beverage company um, where I did mostly digital marketing and content. Um, and then right after that, um, I fell here into Mad Eats and founded it with Mikey and Keisha um, after her pitching this crazy idea to us. And <laughs> the, the rest is history, I guess. Like, I never would have thought that I'd be a founder either. So yeah, I guess um, same background. The only difference would be from managing brands. I kind of shifted into this new department called experience design, which really allowed me to dive into like, the different departments of the industry, like not just um, you know just the brands, but even operations, how things work in the in the dining in the dining room, like you know just packaging and all of that. So, but aside from that, I also manage a few brands on the side, you know, just little local small businesses that still involves food and clothing. So, you know, entrepreneurship is really what I'm into. Yeah. Can we timestamp that too? Like when when did this happen and when did you launch? 2018. Yeah, 2017, 2018. I was, um, and then that's where we all met. And then we started Mad Eats just nine months ago. That was it. Like ever since, like even before that, we were all working in uh, different restaurant groups. Um, but yeah. I want to clarify, if you are a pandemic startup or was this like an idea long brewing na, na parang nagkataon lang na okay when we launched it was it was the start mm-hmm. of the pandemic and then sakto lang na it addresses some of the needs that um this pandemic brought upon people no well, i mean like i've always been interested in the ghost kitchen business model just because um and it it just looks easier um in terms of operations and like dining areas and things like that but uh in terms of like actual execution um we really just i just got i just dove deeper into it like during the pandemic when all shops had to close and um i i had to you know i i at that time i was like trying to figure out how to turn that that initial company into this delivery only company and i was like okay i think i 
I gotta try this out for myself. Like I had so we, me, Kishan, Annie have so many food concepts in our brains, <laughs> and then it, it was just like the perfect time for us to start actually implementing it in our own business. It was just timely during the pandemic. It's skeletal workforce. You don't have to work with so many people all the time. In the beginning, it was just me, Kisha, Andy, um, a friend of a friend of ours introduces to a chef who already had this initial commissary. And we were just like five people fleshing out this idea. Um, we were we wanted to work with fried chicken and um like we in terms of actual execution, the big like the seed talaga, like the beginning talaga, it was um it was not that big of a problem at least during the pandemic. We were like five people working on Yang Gang and Chow Time. I mean, even, yeah, like even our friends would come in, like we would just deliver the food to them and ask them, do, do, do you like the fried chicken? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you have tons of food concepts. And one thing that stands out to anyone looking at your site, especially again, the timestamp, it's only been nine months and so much has happened. <laughs> um, you have four brands i believe that i've seen on your website there's some math to be done mm-hmm. there like that's basically right, a new right. brand every two months versus if you're an aspiring restaurant tour if you want to go the traditional route you open up a space you put in you know millions of pesos and then if it's successful after a few years you expand that thing and then maybe you want to delve into a different cuisine again these are different brands different cuisines but like you've basically shown us that entire process within less than a year. So uh, let me ask you, like, how, how exactly does that work? What, what kind of work did it take to develop such a diverse um, menu, if you will? Okay, sure. So that's why me, I'm chief product officer. So I'm really in charge of like launching all of these products, right? So um, first off, we have like a really great chef. She helps us with, helps us with all the R&D. That's how we get like to reach like these really fried chicken and all of that, you know. But I guess the first step that really um take the, the first step that we make would be like research, obviously, like looking at all the trends in the country. What do our potential customers want? What are they eating? What are they looking for? But aside from that, we conduct a lot of um interviews. So we make it a point to ask like tons of people um what cuisine they usually buy, when they buy it, how often they buy it. Um and based on research, we look into these like whole list of brands. And then we see what's feasible in the kitchen, um, what's hard to make. And once we have that menu, we work with our R&D chef who helps us really like uh, create all of the dishes that you are eating now. So whether it's our fried chicken, whether it's our fried nice bowls, and even our coffee. So um, just to sum it all up, really, it's just research, interviews, talking to our customers, developing it constantly. Even after launching these brands, we continuously develop them. And then... Yeah, and then we launch. It's mm-hmm. pretty much like the step-by-step process. It's it's super disruptive. This this is like mm-hmm. really like rocking like my world right now. So that to the, to the extent that it's like you don't need to open a restaurant anymore. In fact, like to me, all of these are kind of just like all one menu for you. And then like for example, if you're a fusion restaurant, it's like oh we have an Indonesian dish, we have an Asian. But then for you, you can just say yeah. no. This is like a different restaurant. This is so. Is that is that how you see it, or um... I guess um, if I were to like name three of the unique selling points of ghost kitchens and how they work, it would be like first, um, it's all of trial and error. Um, we can easily launch brands, evaluate, and if it doesn't work out, um, we just scrap it and just wow, launch another yeah. brand. So, for, yeah, for example, um, 
we had this brand called we had this brand called Chow Time, and we initially had this whole menu, you know, like sweet and sour pork, five spice fried chicken. And then after a few months, we realized that it wasn't working out. So we scrapped that whole menu, used the same equipment, but launched a completely new menu with like chicken mm-hmm. chops and pork chops, just to see if that will work. So you know, it's a lot of trial and error. So that's one. Um, two, I guess, would be a tip is that uh, a lot of our um, items on the menu use the same equipment. So we really don't lose a lot by launching all of these new items, right? Because we can use the same equipment to completely new menu. And the third would be, you know, since we are Ghost Kitchen and we house a lot of brands, we you can cross order on our platform. So, hey guys, mm-hmm. you can cross cross order and order from whatever <laughs> brand on your platform That's crazy. because it's a Ghost Kitchen. So wow. all of these brands yeah. share this one kitchen, and we dish out like a ton of different items. So I think like the best thing about a ghost kitchen is we can get feedback that good. Like mm-hmm. the second that we like the second we deliver the chicken to like we would send it before to our closest friends, but then we realize that it's so easy to please our closest friends. So we would like like <laughs> send send it to like friends, send it to friends. enemies. Yeah. Send it to, like, send it to enemies. Enjoy like, this. Yeah. You jerk. <laughs> so we would just um we would just send it kagad and. Like usually, because in in a restaurant, in a traditional restaurant, there's so much training involved, even up until like the waiter staff level. And here, like you're 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 literally doing um research and development mm. together with the line cooks already mm. who are in your kitchen na, who completely understand the kitchen layout. Um, and like we're working with the R&D chefs, so we're already validating it and on a kitchen level, meaning um we check na is it efficient. Is it, um, you know, like scalable for us to really uh, keep making fried chicken in the in the kitchen? It only took us like maybe 1.5 months launch Yangang, right, guys? Like the first time we launched it, honestly, we didn't like it. The, like the first week, grab it. Kish and Andy know that, right, guys? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a it was a mess, but then we learned so much from it. Well, like after and the now, it's that, like um, our best selling brand. Oh yeah, for brand. sure. Yeah, see it everywhere. The way I see it, like any digital transformation like optimization is like mm. key optimization and agility so yun nga, i mean in the past if you let's say if you're a group of restaurants and then you, and then you launch another brand and it doesn't work yeah. una, you have to build it and then if it if it doesn't work you have to like um take it apart at least with this you have the agility and yun nga, it's also very it's lean so you get to play around like create new stuff, test it out, etc. Keisha, earlier you talked about that you are, you're handling products. I want to delve into that. How did you guys enter like this highly competitive space? You were already like planning a cloud kitchen, pero it's like the kata on uh, during this during this um big shift, everyone also decided na, okay, we have to become cloud kitchens to adapt under the current circumstances. So one is like, how did you deal with like entering a saturated space kumbaga oh my god of course F&B is super highly competitive that we knew that that's why we're all like you know me Kish and Andy we're always stressed hungry but we love it like that's like that's what wow. that's what we that's what <laughs> that's what we're born to do oh Joy, like, coming into F&B it was already expected um, but like I guess like how we um, look at you know launching products is first it's usually gut feel parang like we know fried chicken is freaking huge here in the Philippines and it's like you know people just eat fried chicken all the time and it was the first perfect product to launch um, and we did a few user feedback just to see you know how often do people eat fried chicken and like what was our what could be our our different USP I mean there's so many fried chicken players here unique apart from point. the fact that we're Korean yeah like we needed a a, a good unique selling point talaga and like put a 
put a twist to it. So we knew that Keisha freaking loves K-pop. And um, mm. it all started from there. It? She told me, <laughs> in Korea, their, their chicken is really known to be super crispy. As in, super crispy. We knew we kind of wanted to launch fried chicken, but we didn't know how. But she was just like, look, this is how they make their fried chicken in Korea. And we would just like watch a bunch of YouTube videos on how they would make their fried chicken in Korea. And talaga my crunch talaga. And like, that was our goal. Our brief to our chef was literally, look, this chicken needs to be crispy up until the next day and figure it out. Like we had to figure it out. We did it a hundred times. It was super fun. We were filled with chicken. Um, but that's how we, like, we kind of started in the creating food concepts. It started from me, Kish, and Andy because we're super foodies. Obviously, like now that we're turning into this company, um, we had to like be a little bit more data-driven. Now that's when we all had to dive deep into research talking to customers. And that's why we launched Dot Coffee and Fried Nice because we knew that people eat fried rice and coffee all the freaking time. <laughs> yeah, I, of course. There you go. It was just like, we just knew talaga. Um, but soon though, like, you know, apart from like feeding the people what, and giving people what they, what they want, which is essentially what YC is all about. Like, Maddie's is basically just giving people what they want in terms of food and like perfect delivery experience. So we have to talk to our customers and ask them what do you like to eat every day? <laughs> Tristan, what do you like to eat every day? Kaya tao, diba? I'm the one who, who suggested this episode because yeah. like, I, I ordered the chicken a lot. Like I, I like the curry because I don't think not, not that many brands like have the curry yeah, chicken. That's true. So I, ordered that. I mean, like that's one of the flavors that we really love. Yeah, I think we might take it out, not sure, but we freaking love it. Like, that's one of our struggles actually in food. Na we love certain flavors, but then not everybody loves it, so we're like, shit. Mm-hmm. but I yeah. want it data like one <laughs> use the data data, data talaga <laughs> yeah. one, one, one clear product actually was the coconut milk hopia the three of us like, our, wow. like Chef Lika made this it's like basically um, buho pie but in hopia form I fucking love it and <laughs> voila we had to take it out <laughs> I said it reductively that you started with a kitchen but no please tell us like what kind of um, capital goes into starting a ghost kitchen well to be honest not that much especially if if, 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 the, if this this there's already a kitchen I think the most expensive thing to say in a kitchen is the initial infrastructure which is the egg sauce electricals um, like nothing to do at least like with the deep fryers or all the all the capex how we actually started into this whole fundraising thing mm-hmm. um, I got like I'm super close to the YC folks here in the Philippines um, Pei Mongo shout, shout out. out hello if you're there shout out Louise um, somewhere there yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like they, they uh, a lot of the startup community here is super, super supportive and they super love the idea of a ghost kitchen. And um, a lot of them connected me to a bunch of, you know, really important people, investors. And I literally just got into this very, very casual conversation actually with our, one, of, one of our first few investors like, who believe in Mad Eats, um, was, which was Justin Mateen from Tinder. And um, it was a one-hour conversation about ghost kitchens and food. It was that casual. I was there preparing numbers, a deck, 
Um, I was preparing like everything. I was telling Kishan Andy, this is like my first pitch ever to an investor. First of all, just to let you know, me, Kishan Andy are first time founders of a startup. Ooh, so you can, you can only imagine how freaking nervous I was. Talaga. Pero it was so casual. Um, he super loved the idea. Like I just, it was just really about me talking about, I really want to scale these food concepts in ghost kitchens. Like I wanted to innovate and break the barrier of traditional restaurants and how long they take to to launch and just you know like keep making fun concepts like I was just super passionate about that and the next thing I knew um the next day he wrote us a check and then I called I was I was actually in the beach that time when that happened I FaceTime Andy and Keisha and they were like oh shit it's real we've had like um previous Y Combinator alum what I noticed is that like for many of them it's like there's a pre-Y Combinator and then post-Y Combinator parang siyang um, before and after and it's often uh, they say na their perspective changed after getting into Y Combinator so um, I want to ask you the same question like did was there any shift in perspective how did it change the operations like did you feel like more quote-unquote legit uh, like needless to say we learned so much when we went through the program like um our perspective really shifted on how to grow a business like it taught us to be a little bit more ballsy to be a little bit more aggressive and wow. i think like it's really helping us get to where we want to be um Crazy. mainly like um having the opportunity to set to talk to a bunch of people from all around the world trying to get their startups off the ground is super inspiring and encouraging but also very competitive um so we kind of just take this that same philosophy um when it comes to like um working on what we're doing which is mad eats and just just to be clear this was all done remotely this year right otherwise yeah, yeah exactly have, you would yeah. have had to physically fly to the u.s normally um white combinators held in in the states but um because of the pandemic like they've been doing it remote um which is quite beneficial for us because that way we were able to stay in the country and really focus on working on our business mm-hmm. um it was just tough for a couple of weeks because a lot of the talks and the like the engagements would be between like 12 a.m to 3 a.m um but but like once we were able to get um like get used to that body clock um it was it was pretty it was an intense experience but we learned so much <laughs> um well i guess aside from it teaching us how to be a little bit more ballsy it just pushed us really like um in yc you have to reach a certain um percentage of growth every week like your growth has to be like crazy um and to be able to do that you know we had to think of all of these um initiatives you have to learn how to grow in the kitchen and launch all of these brands so it really just made us realize the potential of our ghost kitchen um initially you know, we, we were a little bit more conservative with the timelines but yc just was like you know just try like just try to grow just try to do all of these things and you'll see that eventually it'll work out it's a crazy network i really highly advise every freaking entrepreneur to try because you i mean really won't lose anything and grab it like um I mean, apart from the late hours, like it just really showed also how passionate we were about this particular idea because we would really not sleep for it. And um, we just met like the best, best people. They're not even in food. Like most of the people that we met in in um, Y Combinator, like our, our partners, which you call them as mentors in YC, um, they know nothing about restaurant operations. In fact, our group mates were all biotech. And some of them are not, like the, the mentors aren't even on biotech, but they gave sharp advice. Um, and they exactly know when to say yes, no. And they give you complete control of your company. Like, 
like at the end of the day you're the one who's decided right, they're just right. there to just to help yeah so francis plaza paymongo would always say that it feels like disneyland because I, they're always just they're super optimistic about your business always and in a startup it's super emotional like it's like up and down but um like why just made you like go 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 let's wow <laughs> Fast pass. No, but but that's great. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody like who doesn't love food, right? So and I and I think mm-hmm. almost anyone can have a valid valid opinion about food. Um, I learned that from Ratatouille, by the way. Anyway, now that you've won all this wisdom with uh, all these people who have perspectives from all over the world and perhaps see things differently, uh, we want to know. Looking ahead to the future, say beyond the pandemic, uh, what what do you see are the global transformations in the food and beverage industry? How will it readjust, uh, supposedly, if this pandemic ends, uh, readjust and live in harmony with uh, the cloud kitchen uh, disruption? Yeah, so I feel like for the most part, like once things start to improve and the pandemic eases a bit, like I do think dine-in will still begin to flourish. Like I love dine-in and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, I do think the digital space for food is going to continue to grow. Um, like we see, we saw even pre-pandemic that like the growth of the food delivery business was on its way up. Um, and so there was just a very clear trend, um, even without the whole pandemic thing. So um, it was just simply accelerated because of all of the restrictions. Um, and that being said, like, I guess there's really a huge shift in everyone's perspective because of the pandemic. Like, um, our habits are changing. Delivery is becoming more and more convenient. So um, I think there's so much room for it to grow in the future with or without pandemic. And again, like the market for food, as you guys said, like it's highly competitive and it continues to grow. So mm-hmm. um, we'll be there until the very end, like just opening brands that we want to that we want everyone to try. <laughs> I just feel like sustainability is something people are mm. going to look for more nowadays. Aside from just the packaging, really just more like transparency with the food that are, that they're eating. Everyone's trying to eat a little bit more healthy, you know, everyone's like at home um, and they're more conscious about what they're eating. So I feel like sustainability as a whole will be just something people will be focusing on or other food and beverage, food and beverage companies. <laughs> I think robots are going to start making food. I'm kidding. Are you? I'm are kidding. you? I'm, I'm pretty sure they do that already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's highly possible. There are a few YC companies um, in the states who actually pitched, you know, robots making salads and things like that. Like uh. it's highly possible. I, I think, like, just to add to Annie, what Annie, what Annie and Keisha are actually saying, um, there's just so much room to, for F and D to innovate. Like we freaking love this industry so much. That's why we don't really see competitors as, as competitors. We want everyone to grow because F&B is so fun it's stressful but it's fun and like um, there's so much room for innovation and I actually want like uh, when we were in YC I noticed that there were not a lot of food um, startups yet let alone a ghost kitchen and uh, you know we felt a little out of place we're like we're not engineers we we don't know how to code we do have a CTO we are building um, we have our own platform and everything but the three of us we don't code so um what I just like, I, I really foresee that there are more and more people who are going to start innovating F&B in every single way, whether it's through a ghost kitchen or robots making food, like it's super possible. How about yourselves? Maybe we can go into like, what's, um, what's next for Maddie? I think I can share though that we are working on our app. 
that is like the we were wow. super excited about that. I, it's very clear that that's the path for us, talaga. Um, but on the food side, Kish Adi, do you <laughs> want to share that? Um, let's just say that when we sent out the survey, we learned that one of the top cuisines is um, American. So that's maybe pizzas, maybe burgers, you know, along the line. Of maybe hot America. dogs. Maybe hot dogs. <laughs> so it's oh. one of those. Oh. Uh, maybe we're adding a, like a lot of exciting stuff with our current brands, though. That I think that's yeah. that's exciting. Like, sweet. They're sweet. So we love sweet stuff. Okay. Ano ano yung kopya yung we'll look out for it then actually earlier like in in my brain i just like when you were first describing medits and how it works i was like oh yeah they could do anything and eh, they probably couldn't do v- hardcore vegan though because because they're sharing yeah, the same kitchen. <laughs> challenge i was like nah maybe not vegan uh, all right. challenge accepted though oh snap okay okay you know how you know it can't yeah. be the same space. Can't be the same people. Tristan and I can do that for you. So before we wrap this up, each of you give your last pieces of advice for aspiring founders, especially those in the food and beverage industry. Well, piece of advice for anyone that like wants to start their own thing. Um, specifically in food. Like, um, to be honest, I guess it's really important to just think about who you want to feed first. And like um, the things that annoy them, the things that make them happy. Um, another thing would be like just to think about would I buy this? Um, there's no like there's no rocket science to it really. Um, we're very data driven, but at the same time, it's more of just listening and talking to your users. At least here in the Philippines, like everyone's willing to try anything at least once. You know, um, month after month, week after week, like they're just different trends. Meaning, people are just willing to try this and that, whatever ube, whatever cheese. You know, they're very experimental. Wow. So don't be afraid to get your product out there. You know, the craziest product, and people will try it no matter what. Um, I think like one of the best advice that I get from YC is that you listen to nobody else but your customers. And if somebody's if if somebody says no and it's your customer, ask them why. But if someone tells you no, your idea sucks and they're not your customer, just listen to mm. the no. Don't listen to the why. Yeah. Um, I think that's I mean like uh, wow. especially as first time founders, you know it it's a roller coaster and we're women, so it can be emotional <laughs> to say the least. Um, but we've learned to really like you know nitpick on what to really listen to and like there's no nothing more important than our customers and that's what we try to just to keep our head in the ground I mean feet our feet on the ground and just like you know listen to people to hungry people that's it um, anyway it's it's been such a pleasure uh, so far already learned a lot especially in those in those last few seconds by the way Th- those are just like bangers it's almost like you you prepared that amazing um, anyway. <laughs> Before we let you go, we're going to wrap things up now, as we always do with our play of the week. We talked a lot about work. Now it's time to talk about play. Any fun activities or recommendations for our listeners to unwind from the busyness of business? Okay, so um, you know how we're all stuck at home now, whether it's our house or a condo. There's this channel on YouTube. It's called Never Too Small. So they share um, different apartments, condos around the world. They're just really, really small, but are utilized well. So imagine just like beds um, with storage, you know, just hiding extra storage in your house. It's super awesome. Never too small. That's what it's called. Wow, that's a good one. (laughs) 
something fun that I like to do. Um, I I love playing board games. Um, I'm particularly addicted to this board game called Catan. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I spend a lot of time on this website called Colonist, and I just play Catan with random people. That's how I like to unwind. <laughs> nice. Let's play together. It's Colonist.io, right? Exactly, colonist.io and yeah. challenge accepted. Oh snap! Oh my god, we're gonna live stream that Rappler game. It's a showdown. Awesome. So we got a YouTube channel. We got online board games. What about you, Mikey? Oh my god, um, this is a, a pretty. Um, it's an answer that you should add know because I'm really an addict. I am a super yogi. I I do like crazy yoga like like Annie you should know I get super cranky if I don't do three hours of yoga in a day um, wow. which is too much actually I have to stop but I can't uh, so I use this app called Glow everybody get on Glow I don't think a lot of people are on Glow but it's um, it's a super super great app like every single type of yoga is there Ashtanga Vinyasa and it's like the perfect way for me to just not think and I just focus on breathing and um, I got super addicted to it I keep inverting like, I even invert when I'm drunk so I love it wow <laughs> <laughs> I've been jumping so bandwagon of like all the recent shows that Netflix dropped. Like, like last week they released Sex Ed, um, Squid yes. Game, Squid Game, and, yeah. Squid Game, right? Yeah. So part of like over the weekend, I had to watch. I mean, it's all over the net, and I think people are also like on the bandwagon, and that it's really good. There, I mean, it is good. I've been also doing this. They call it the Bada Binge. So like in preparation of like um the Sopranos prequel, The Many Saints of New York. So I'm like watching all six seasons in six weeks. So I'm currently in oh my God. season five. Yeah, so pero yung nga, yeah. But since nga, I've been doing the Netflix binge, medyo na delay ako sa challenge. No, it's all good. Wow. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> binge, <laughs> binge, yeah. binge. Yeah, but I'll I'll second. But the, a binge, uh, but a binge, but a binge, but a boom. I'm gonna second <laughs> the uh, Squid Game endorsement because I normally don't just hop on to whatever Netflix recommends me, but I got hooked first episode. It's a K thriller. It's my first Korean series that I'm I'm really uh, actively consuming. I haven't gotten into any K drama. Startup, North Star. Yeah, I so I started watching <laughs> Startup. Even Startup, I was like, even Startup, I kind of fell down. But um, but yeah. Anyway, so so my my play of the week is kind of related uh, to that sentiment, and I guess I didn't do this exercise right because because it is quite businessy. Um. Uh, we're coming out with a few episodes with another startup, Sprout, and uh, the founders recommended this book uh, to me, The Founders' Dilemmas. I'm not sure if you three read that or had to read that, but I feel like you, you, some things might hit too close to home, like uh, like found, mm-hmm. the challenges of founding companies with uh, people close to you and stuff. No, but it's it's really just I like reading. Uh, I always have uh, two books that I'm reading at a time, one hard copy and one in my ear. So this one's in my ear. Founders Dilemmas, highly recommend for um, for anyone who's just interested in um, startups and uh, entrepreneurship. Anyway, Matt Eats, fantastic. Uh, remind our audience where they can follow you. Yeah, so everyone, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. That's at Mad Eats Co. Our Instagram, though, is at madeats.co. And our website, conveniently, is madeats.co. No at, so there you go. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> nice. Well, you can follow your hosts if you want. We're not forcing you, but but it'll we'll make it worth your time. Um, I'm at Powie Fiction on Instagram. Tristan, 
And I'm Tristan Zinampan. No.co. Just Tristan Zinampan. Yeah. All platforms. We're, we, weren't, yeah. we weren't as creative. We'll work on it. But yeah. anyway, thanks, Mad Eats, for joining us. It was a pleasure. Woohoo. Thanks, thanks for having us. So thanks for having us, guys. want to thank, thank uh, you. everyone out there. Thanks yeah. to Marga from Rappler's production team, Ia from Rappler's community team, Rappler's creatives team, and our intern, Yana. Thank you out there, everyone, for watching. If you haven't already, please follow Rappler on all platforms. You can catch us on Kumu by following Rappler.com. And you can follow The Hustle Inside the Industry podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you a new episode every Monday so you can start your week with a little motivation.